When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, let me, let me talk about talk. Here we go. Uh. I said he living life as a gringo. Where you question where you fit in every time you mingle They say you do this with not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos, of course And man, we are in the midst of Latin Heritage Month And I've been trying to, I want to say on brand with that With, you know, Latin Heritage centric things At least um, for the time being I don't, I might I've got a couple of things I want to I want to speak on and and kind of get into um, in upcoming episodes, but I thought it'd be interesting for today's show in the spirit of Latin Heritage Month and and just sort of paying homage to the roots of of this show as a whole, right? When I made this this podcast and conceptualized it, um, initially it was a book idea, and then and then I um, you know kind of crafted it into a, a podcast when the opportunity came came about but you know it's the idea of of you know embracing your otherness and a life spent feeling like an outsider even even within your own community or within your own family and i i feel like as the show's evolved we've we've gotten a lot more into spiritual growth and and you know growth in general personal growth i should say and wellness and obviously talking about current events that affect our community and and making sure that this is a show that speaks to our community in various ways but I thought it'd be fun since we are in the midst of Latin Heritage Month and, and there's been so many people discovering this podcast, you know, as it continues on. Here we are, um, you know, coming towards the the end of our our second season here and in just uh, I think it's like a month or so. But, you know, I wanted to revisit the basis for the show. Right. And talk about this idea of being Latin enough. Right. And for for some of you. Uh, this may have never necessarily been something that you struggle with. I, I know some of you have uh, always identified with your culture and, and more so don't attach to that aspect of this show, but attach to it just as a 
a Latin person, uh, you know, continuing their connection with their their culture and their community. And, you know, I think even amidst this conversation, uh, for those of you who that resonates with, this might open your eyes to uh, some of the things that other members of the community go through. And, and I think as a, a larger conversation, this is really just a a, a conversation around authenticity and, and finding the courage to walk in, in yours, right? I think that's what so many of us struggle with when it comes to our identity and how we uh, relate to the world around us and and our search for community that we're all on, no matter you know where we, we sort of fall, no matter what our, our race, our background is, whatever it might be, um, you know, we're all searching for for somewhere that we can call home that we belong to, right? And I think particularly for those of us who have sort of felt alienated by uh, our our otherness, you know, particularly be it uh, as a Latino here or again, you know, insert whatever uh, sort of scenario works for you. But, you know, for for me, this was something that carried a lot of shame. It 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 sort of made me uh, become more of like a chameleon, you know, where I would craft my voice depending on the room that I was in, right? And not necessarily have a real opinion or a real stance um, that was authentic to me, but more so just wanting to be liked by others, right? Because of this otherness, right? Of not feeling accepted by those who are supposed to kind of just embrace me with open arms as one of them. Um, and obviously we're talking about the Latin community. Uh, we're talking about family, you know, and, and um, you know, I've, I've talked about this a ton about, you know, sort of my family back in, in Puerto Rico making the distinction that I was American. I was a gringo to them, right? That I, I was lesser than, right? And even if it was in a joking manner, it still was this distinction that they felt it necessary to make, right? And I think a lot of that dynamic sort of created the people pleaser that existed in me for a very long time. And then I still struggle with till this day. And, and that's why I think it's so important to kind of revisit this conversation, especially as I've gotten to meet some of you who listen to this podcast and I've gotten to connect with you, be it uh, via our Just Be Social Club or on Instagram or whatever it might be. And and sort of hearing you resonate with that story or um, empathizing with it or feeling connected to it in some sort of way, um, you know, I think that it, it kind of makes me aware of the importance of the work we're doing here. And I think it's great to kind of revisit this idea of not feeling like you're enough, right? whatever it might be. Today, we're talking about, you know, uh, not being uh, quote unquote Latin enough, right? But again, insert it into whatever uh, sort of thing that you're going through yourself or have gone through, right? So that's what we're talking about today, really revisiting the roots of, of this podcast. And uh, I pulled in uh, a blog post, I was gonna say an article, but it's more of a blog post from a website called projectnye.com. And uh, it's just a quick little kind of blog post talking about um, how certain celebrities have always talked about how they don't feel uh, like they've been embraced by their community. Uh, we'll also kind of just talk about my own journey with this and certain things that I've learned along the way that I think have been helpful for me, for anybody that is still on that journey or, you know, just maybe needs a refresher. You know, um, again, I think this is a larger conversation around authenticity uh, at the end of the day. So uh, I think this would be a great kind of refresher to get back into the core of, of this podcast. Uh, you know, as we are, again, about a month or, or so away from the end of season two. And uh, I think it's only perfect to bring it in the midst of Latin Heritage Month. Um, so 
with that said, let's uh, first dive into this blog post that I pulled here. We'll do it in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. All right, so the blog that I'm pulling from, it's projectnye.com. The specific article on here is, Am I Latina Enough? And in it, she starts off by saying, Last week, a friend forwarded me an article about seven Latinas in Hollywood that didn't feel, quote, Latina enough. The celebrities talked about feeling rejected, not accepted, or having image issues. Some felt they fell short of being Latina enough because they didn't speak Spanish or they didn't cook certain foods, or they grew up in American schools where Latino culture isn't taught on a daily basis. So they acted more American than Latina. And I'm sure this is resonating for a lot of you. Um, for me, even, yeah, I, I think uh, it's as simple as when you're growing up in an American school. I know from you when I was going to school in the suburbs in, in New Jersey, there wasn't a, a large Latin you know, uh, cohort, if you will, in in my school and the small group that there was i wasn't a part of so yeah i i started acting i guess more american than uh than latino um now in the article she goes on to say as i read the article i was surprised and sad to read about these famous and accomplished latina celebrities who felt judged and alienated by a culture that they so deeply wanted to connect with but the feeling wasn't mutual the latino culture was denying them that connection and she's pulling uh, some quotes from from that article that she's referencing. This one from Eva Longoria saying, quote, it's very difficult to live in our community if you don't speak Spanish. Everyone will judge you, she said. A lot of Latinos don't speak Spanish perfectly and feel rejected in our community. And yeah, I, I mean, I think obviously it's like generalizations, right? So it's not all like jump to bite off Eva Longoria's head. But I think if I'm being honest, one of the things that still makes me self-conscious till this day is that I don't feel completely comfortable speaking Spanish. Now, that's gotten a lot better. I have sort of forced myself beyond the shame or embarrassment. And whenever I do go somewhere that is uh, be it a restaurant that is, you know, Latino or there are, uh, you know, or I'm just traveling to Puerto Rico or something like that, I make it a point to try and speak Spanish as much as humanly possible, you know, to challenge myself in that way. But you do feel it when you mess up. You do feel the judgment, uh, you know, to a certain extent from certain people. Um, there is this sort of feeling of being lesser than or when they they find out, oh, you're Puerto Rican, the, the Boricua, you know, um, you're being like a taxi or something. And then like there's like this test that goes on beyond that, right? This sort of unspoken test when they start speaking to you in Spanish about where your family's from and all these things. And you could feel it when you fuck up or don't answer properly that it's like, you have failed said test. So I, I agree definitely in that that instance. Now, they also pull a quote from America Ferrero who says, I love my culture and I'm very proud of my culture. I want to learn so much about where my family is from and my roots and to know Spanish. But when you've lived your entire life in American schools, you don't get that. Kind of reiterating what we were talking about before. And the last quote she pulled was from Rosario Dawson where Rosario says, I think being Latina is about having pride in your heritage. Although I am not fluent, a fluent Spanish speaker, I can't make every dish without a recipe. I am 100% Boricua, and I am proud of that. And I love that. I also love Rosario Dawson if she somehow is listening to this podcast. 
Big fan, big fan. Now, moving on, it says uh, in the blog, she writes, it got me thinking about the human condition and the very real idea that we all share that, quote, not good enough truth to some degree, regardless of our uh, parent. Regardless of our parentage or culture, as a Latina, I could personally identify with what these ladies were saying. I, too, have felt the pain, disappointment, and longing to connect with my Puerto Rican culture. As I sat personally connected to this article, it got me thinking, what good can come out of feeling bad or having a negative experience in common? As a filmmaker and content creator, I've had the distinct pleasure of interviewing people about the very same topic through Project Enya, uh, which is, um, I guess, some ongoing project that she has going on. I do a little more research of that, but she says, the conversations are so personally moving and punctuated by tears, highs, and laughter that afterwards it feels like we have both gone through a journey somewhere together. In the past 18 months, I have sat across from 72 people asking them about their lives, their story, and their version of what these Latina celebrities have shared above. Hopefully one day I'll be able to sit across from these celebrities and go on this journey with them of building community and connectedness among American Latinas and Latinos Here's to wishing. And it's a pretty short article, so I'll, I'll read the, the rest of it. She says, why is it important to share these feelings and in a way, quote, come clean about something that could be perceived in a negative way? Because odds are someone is feeling the same way. And believe it or not, it is possible to develop feelings of connection through rejection. And that's actually a bar right there. It is possible to develop feelings of connection through rejection. It is possible to develop feelings of connection through rejection. I love that right there. And I think I think that's this podcast in a nutshell, right? And I think that's been my experience is that when I own up to the thing that I'm ashamed of, right? My my lack of Latinness, quote unquote, that is when I developed or or you know felt more a part of the very community that I felt like was shunning me, right? That's when I felt like I was seeing others and connecting with with other people and and a part of something larger than than myself, right? It was when I had the audacity to be authentic in that way, right? And again, it's it's when I push past the shame that comes along with that otherness that I then actually found the community that I had been longing for, right? I think that's what this podcast is. I think a lot of people who I've spoken to who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you know, we have found connection in our common rejection, as wild as that that kind of sounds. Uh, but I think that's that's beautifully put. You know, the fact that we have felt like an outsider in some sort of way, and and we we connect on that common ground um, makes us feel less alone. And that the reality is that we are less alone because we're sharing in a a common emotion, a common feeling, and a, a sort of vantage point that is very similar in the way that life has, has treated us and, and the way that we see the world as a result, right? So I love that connection through rejection um, idea. I think it's it's really beautiful. Uh, now moving on to the blog, she says, how I wish I was when I was a little girl, I could have read that Jennifer Lopez was made to feel like she wasn't accepted by the Latino community because she didn't speak Spanish or that Gina Rodriguez felt pain because no matter how hard she tried to proudly represent the Latino community, she fell short in the public's standards. And yeah, I mean, this is, these are interesting sort of notes. I mean, I think Jennifer Lopez is an interesting one, right? Where 
the Latino community, I think till this day, there is some stigma around her. And the irony is that to the outside, like public eye outside of the Latino community, she is held up as as Latin, right? And is viewed through the lens of a Latin woman, right? And has that experience both good and bad. And I think that's sort of where some of the frustration, I think, lies for a lot of people is, you know, you have a certain last name or you give off a certain appearance, right? That is very obviously Latin or ethnic to to um, to the average person. And you then have this experience of otherness in the world while not having the feeling of being able to go back to a safe space like your community who understands you, right? So it's like nobody understands you and both sides are telling you that you don't belong here, right? And that's sort of been my experience and I think the common experience of many people who listen to this podcast and that's sort of what they're, they're talking about here, you know? And that I know for me, especially earlier on, and even when I was with like the Breakfast Club and I was like the resident Latin person there and anytime anything Latin, didn't matter if it was like, you know, specific to Puerto Ricans or it was anything or any Spanish word came up or how do you say this in Spanish? If I couldn't answer it to, um, to, you know, to their sort of uh, qualifications or I couldn't answer it in general when it came to like, how do you say this in Spanish? It was like, oh, sorry, your Latin, this is now revoked, right? You're not Latin, you're a fake Puerto Rican, this and that, right? It's this idea of oh, always feeling you had to prove yourself, right? And I can even remember angry comments or DMs I would get from people who felt like I misrepresented um, them because I was speaking on behalf of all Latinos just by being the only one in the room, right? And I think, you know, there there's a difference between looking to educate and then just looking to to shit on people and shun people. And I think too often we start we go with the latter, right? Instead of like using these things as like a teachable moment and saying like, listen, I respect you trying to put on for us, but I think this would have been the better answer, the better approach, the better thought process, or this is why you have a skewed view or this is the real truth. It's it's like we're just quick to judge each other and write each other off. And that's part of the problem right there is the lack of education process. And then when you talk about a younger generation who didn't grow up speaking Spanish as their first language, was born in the States, was born uh, you know, primarily um, being served American culture, right, and American social norms. If you don't, you know, uh, create an environment that makes them feel comfortable in exploring their heritage, right, and their ancestry, you're you're going to begin to lose the Latin culture. We're going to begin to lose our our culture as a whole, right? The history of it, the stories of it, the pride that we have, right because the the newer generation is not going to feel like they can see themselves in it right and that's that's what scares me at the end of the day is when we create this caste system of course people are going to sort of shun their own heritage uh because they don't feel like they are a part of it and that's when our history gets lost right that's when um you know we we begin the erasure of our beautiful culture and our beautiful history and the next generation just sort of assimilates into whiteness right and i think that to me is is incredibly sad and scary when you think about the richness and the beauty of our history and, and our our cultural contributions to this world. I would hate for that to be lost um, based upon I don't know this this just like ignorant way of thinking of of trying to um, you know create this this system of 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 supremacy right and we have to recognize that's also rooted in like the colonialism that has been instilled in us, right, by the Europeans that came over and 
made these de- designations of uh, certain people being superior to others, right? And that doesn't serve us whatsoever. That just drives our community apart and, you know, contributes to the uh, white supremacist, uh, you know, sort of mentality of erasing um, ethnic cultures, right? And we, we've seen it in, in so many ways. Our culture, our history is not spoken about so much. We haven't had a seat at the table in, in a major way in the world of like entertainment and politics and things like that. Um, and I, I think all of that contributes, you know, or all of the sort of caste system and the uh, making people feel lesser than contributes to us having smaller and smaller voices at the end of the day. <clears throat> reading these types of now moving on to the the blog it says reading these types of articles without a doubt would have impacted my life they would have transformed the isolation i was feeling for the majority of my adolescence and early adulthood and given me hope it all starts with the willingness to be vulnerable with someone and having an authentic conversation about that shared experience that many first-generation American-born Latinos experience but never talk about. What I found in my own work with Project Enya is that sharing these stories have the power to genuinely heal and connect people. In essence, we walk in the same In essence, we all walk in the same chancla. We just don't know it. But through Project Enya, we hope to change that. And just, a, I, I mean, I, I really fuck with the, the sort of um, ideology and message that she is, is putting out there. I almost wonder if we should have her on the show. I'm going to add that to the list, um, the running list of, of guests, which is a real thing. Uh, I'm, I'm not just saying them and we're not taking note of it. We are working on getting some of the people we talk about. But, um, yeah, I think I, I, I agree with that, right? I think I, if like this podcast existed when I was younger and I got to look up to somebody and hear from somebody who not only celebrated and embraced their otherness, but then used it as the driving vehicle for their success and to make their dreams come true. I don't, I, I wouldn't be able to be anything but inspired i think right and that's what this podcast you know i i could have easily made a podcast where i really was just focusing on entertainment or this or that right and for me the reason why this is my baby more than anything else that i do uh is is because it it represents something that i was longing for for so long and i'm honored to be able to hopefully fill a void and provide that for others who have felt alone you know, um, just like I did, right? And and felt like they couldn't show up authentically and felt like they didn't have a voice or a place. Um, and and yeah, I mean, that's that's what she's talking about here with the project she's working on and, and these celebrities and why it's so important for, for those of us who feel comfortable to, to be vulnerable and to share our in our experiences and why we all have a valid um, sort of experience to share, right? And And we all are valid representatives of our community and have a, uh, an important message to share as our experience within the community, you know, uh, because that that makes other people feel seen, right? Our braveness, our vulnerability allows somebody else to feel seen and to, to feel like they exist somewhere and not feel shame or um, a lack of self-worth, right? And, and I, you know, 
in retrospect, looking back, kind of a lot of the healing work that I've done, I think not all, but a part of my lack of self-worth and this need for constant validation, I'm sure has to do with not feeling like I was welcomed as I was, um, you know, at like, a, you know, I wasn't welcomed with open arms um, as myself, right? Me authentically was not someone who was being embraced by his own community. I think that that missing in my life contributed along with a lot of other things, but it definitely was a, a big part of it to um, my need for validation and my lack of self-worth for sure. So um, I love that that sort of message and, and it's a reminder and that's why I love revisiting kind of the core of this podcast at times because it's a reminder of why I do what I do and why this is uh, you know such an important topic of conversation and um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back and, and make this into like something that it's not. Um, but I know for me, the little moments where I felt like I saw myself and other people, those were huge for me to kind of keep pushing forward. And I hope that that's what this platform is for, for those of you who listen to it as well. Now, with that said, we're going to get into a little bit more of, of kind of my experience and, and some of the thoughts that I've been having uh, in Army Hent this segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Hola, ¿qué tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason, or absolutely no reason at all, sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network, our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations. Como la playa que viste en ese show, or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter the reason, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. So one of the, the things that I had happen recently, or just a conversation, I should say, that I had happened recently that kind of inspired me to, to revisit the basis of this podcast was uh, one of the members of uh, our Just Be Social Club. He is, uh, I'm not going to shout him out by name just in case he's one this public, but he has a, a corporate job. And within that corporate job, they have, you know, little sort of uh, like social groups or whatever. And he's leading the um, the Hispanic one uh, for his 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 company or his uh, division, whatever it might be. And he was expressing this idea of not 
being sure if he was like the right person or or it's a lot of sort of imposter syndrome type of things, right? And you know, he's sort of on this journey of of reconnecting with his culture and and his Latinness, right? And um within that now sort of being the spokesman for this Latin group, feeling like, oh shit, am I even worthy of holding this title, right? And my my sort of response to that and my my uh, i guess advice to to him when we were we were speaking about this was you know um at the end of the day when you own it right when you own your perspective your vantage point your unique view of the world the lens with which you see it your unique experiences and you own that as your truth people have no choice but to sort of fall in line and respect it and get behind it. And obviously they're going to at times be those who don't and you know, it is what it is. But for the most part, what I've sort of noticed is that when I began to sort of own this idea of like, I'm the quote unquote gringo, right? And it's like this silly thing that people make fun of or get mad at me because I'm calling myself a gringo, but whatever. Um, you know, again, uh, anybody who's new here, that was something my family called me or, uh, specifically, it's a story of a girl in Puerto Rico that I was hitting on that called me a gringo. But anyway, moving on. That, that's a that's a part of the first episode ever. If you want to listen to it, I'm not going to rehash that entire story. But the 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 main point I'm trying to make here is what I realized in my journey is that nobody could take my experience away from me, right? And at the end of the day, my intention and my confidence in myself has forced others to embrace me right and and that's i think what was always missing right where they were able to make me feel like an outsider because i also allowed them to right i i you know didn't correct them or i allowed them to shame me and i shamed myself right rather than than saying no like this is my experience and it doesn't make me any less authentic than you um, or any any less a member of this community, right? And again, I what I realized was when I took away their power to put me as the outsider, right? To put me in the corner somewhere, when they no longer had that power, it was like they just kind of fell in line and said, "Okay, this is this is Dramos, and he's a part of our community, and talks about how he doesn't speak proper Spanish, and you know, uh, and didn't grow up necessarily." Um, inundated in the culture and had to go lose himself to find himself again. And it's kind of like, hey, that's his story, right? Because I, I really am a firm believer of oftentimes the outside world just mirrors what we feel about ourselves internally, right? So my lack of confidence in my authenticity and specifically in this conversation around my culture, my community and, and where I belong, but I think in general, um, that is what allowed others and and actually invited others to sort of join in on the sort of um, lack of self-worth that was going on, right? So my lack of internal self-worth or my lack of confidence internally, sort of it was an invitation to them subconsciously to sort of pile it on, right? And again, you're going to meet the assholes. You're going to meet the people who are elitist and whatever it, it is. It is what it is, right? But I, I firmly believe when it's like, 
when I think about, I'm getting ready to go speak on a panel about Latin music in a couple of weeks, right? And I'm going to speak about, uh, you know, for Latin Heritage Month, I'm going to go be one of the representatives for my cultura uh, on stage somewhere in, in New York, right? Like, that's so wild to me, right? That's fucking crazy. When I think back to me, you know, I don't know what, my late 20s, like, that person never would have imagined standing on a, a stage amongst other Latinos and all of their credentials within the community and not only feeling comfortable, but also confident in the fact that he knew his voice was needed, right? That his voice represented a sector of the community that none of those other people were speaking to, right? And I had given a, a, a talk, like another example, kind of, of of where my mind is right now and the internal dialogue that happens to hopefully help anybody else. Like, you know, and again, if you're not Latin or you don't relate to this exactly, you can interchange your Latinness with your authenticity, showing up as your goofy self, as your weird self, whatever it is, right? But for me, I had given a, a talk at a conference or like a, a whatever it was, a meetup. It's, it's like they, they talk about it as it's like the, um, the idea is that it is TED Talks for the Latin community, right? So I was one of, I don't know, like seven or eight speakers. Um, and I got there, you know, before the event started and we're kind of just uh, going through the run of show and, and, you know, everybody is all dressed up. They're all a bit older than me. They're all speaking to each other in Spanish. Everybody seems to know each other. You know, I immediately get put back into that place of being a younger dude, insecure, um, and feeling like an outsider here and like, I don't fit in. And my immediately my immediate inclination is, okay, I think I should adjust my speech a little bit to suit this crowd, right? Because they're not going to relate to me at all, right? They're all dressed up. I'm in like a Yankee hat and, and dressed very casual. I'm going to go talk about how I never felt accepted by my community to people who, many of them, um, very obviously feel a part of their community and uh, Spanish was their first language, right? And I, I immediately went to that people-pleasing version of myself, the insecure version of myself who always felt like an outsider amongst his people. And then the second dialogue comes along in my head, right? The healed part of me begins to check that like wounded inner child and reminds him that you're here, invited, and getting to live out the life that you do because your voice is needed. Right, because you are filling a void, because you are speaking to a sector of this community who has felt ignored for so long by people just like those who are going to be speaking before you. And not that they're doing it intentionally with malice, but they're speaking from their vantage point, right? So I had to remind myself that not only is my otherness what got me here invited to speak in front of a crowd of people at a college in New York City? It's also what's going to allow me to stand out 
from this entire group of people that includes many seasoned public speakers, right? And that my authenticity is what's going to set me apart and it's what's gotten me here right now. And that made me snap back into place. And it was like, you know, a parent talking to their kid like, nope, this is what we came here to do. We're doing it this way. You're not changing. You're not leaving. You're not doing anything differently. We're going to do what we came here to do, right? For me, it was like, we're going to live or die by what we came here to do, by our authenticity. It's going to resonate or it's not, but I'm not going to change who I am, what I represent, or my voice just to try to fit into some crowd. Right. My people are out there. I know that. And maybe they aren't in this room, but either way, I'm always going to be a representative for them because that's the most authentic way I can show up. And it's the way that I can be of service to my community in the biggest way. So I gave that speech. I got a standing ovation. And at the end of it, the compliments and the critique that I got from people was. You were the most authentic person up there. I related most to your talk because you spoke like me. You were honest. You were vulnerable. All of these different things. right? Even people who couldn't relate to my story, you had people speaking to me in Spanish, but talked about how much it resonated with them just because of the authenticity behind it. So again, the irony of this situation, kind of bringing it all full circle is, I kept feeling like I had to change who I was in order for my community to embrace me. When now in my adulthood, in my 30s, after having done a tremendous amount of work and getting more comfortable with who I am, the irony is that me owning who I am actually is the key to me getting embraced by the very same people who, whose acceptance I've been searching for for so long. And the irony is that, again, most of them, or some of them, I should say, in this, in this particular instance, couldn't relate to my story, but welcomed me with open arms because they recognized that I was speaking authentically and that I was speaking truth and that I was a part of their community, right? I just happened to have a different perspective. And the fact that I spoke about it confidently, walked on stage and told my truth made them either open their minds to something that they weren't sure about before or happy to see that a different voice that they knew was out there was finally being represented, right? So I know I had somebody who was talking about, this is how you're going to connect to the youth, right? Those same kids who grew up like you and are growing up now, you're going to inspire them to embrace their culture and to keep their culture alive. And again, all of this is through me being unapologetic and showing up, speaking from my unique vantage point. And with it, proving that I had a place in this community and, and feeling truly embraced by it. And that's kind of the, the thing I want to push forward, kind of bring it back even to how I started this part of the, the, the segment about you know, the member of the Just Be Social Club who's representing his Hispanic cohort, him being on this journey of 
trying to connect with his culture. He's probably the best person that there could be to lead that, right? Because he's providing a bridge for so many people who have been wanting that, but maybe are scared to use their voice or are scared to be shunned, right? Because those who are what we would look at and say, oh man, they're just like, you know, they're, they're so Latin, it hurts, right? They speak Spanish and they, they talk a certain way, dress a certain way, whatever it might be, right? They already feel like they're a part of it, right? And, and they have their place as well, of course. But they're going to attract the same people over and over again, right? Those who already feel a part of this. Your sort of journey that you're on is potentially going to bring in a whole nother group of people who might have been interested but never dared to explore it because they never felt like they had their place. They never felt like they saw themselves in it, right? And that's why it's so important for all of us to be able to speak from our unique, authentic vantage point, right? Wherever we fall in the things that I'm describing and the traits that I'm describing, all of us have some sort of unique experience. We're all connected, which is beautiful, but we all also have a unique vantage point that allows us to see the world in a certain way. And that's crucial because it allows us to speak to different people. Our community is so diverse, right? And, and beautiful and different. We can't have the same voices over and over again being the only representation that we see. Right? We're doing ourselves a disservice as a community. And that's why your authenticity is needed in this world. Again, even if it, does, it has, has nothing to do with your race or your ethnicity, whatever it might be, but that applies to anything. You being a black comic book nerd speaks to a very specific sector of this world that I'm sure used to get made fun of by their own community at some point. And now you make it okay to be a black comic book nerd. You get what I'm saying? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, all of this is, is, is important. Us all speaking our truth because we are providing the cosine for others to then live in their truth, which is one of the key elements to being truly happy and fulfilled in this world. And that's why it's so important for us to embrace all the sides of ourselves, regardless of, of sort of what societal norms have been. Because it's bigger than just ourselves. We're doing it for the next person who just needs a little bit of inspiration to, to be able to truly find themselves and, and walk in their purpose at the end of the day. And with that said, uh, let's uh, tie everything we've been talking about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusions Do. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Hola, ¿qué tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason, or absolutely no reason at all, Sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network, our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations, como la playa que viste en ese show, or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter the reason, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When you buy a new house, 
you might say, shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Time for conclusion soon. Mm. All right, so I don't, I don't think I have to dive too deep back into all that we were talking about. I think, again, we're just kind of revisiting a conversation that is the basis of, of this podcast, right? And this journey that I've personally been on and have been blessed to be on. I think the one thing I want to pull from that article that I, I had referenced on, on Project... Um, Oh, it's not even Project NYE. I'm I'm a dummy. I, my my eyesight is terrible when I pull up on the big screen. Project Enye dot uh, com. Enye dot com. Uh, e N Y E. I'll, I'll link. I'll link to it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna owe that. I'm not even gonna edit this out. Um, but but I I think the the one thing I love that was like a bar. It was the idea of of developing feelings of connection through rejection, right? Connection through rejection. I haven't heard it phrased that way. I wish I thought of that, but I think that's what this podcast is. It's like those of us who have felt rejected as outsiders, you know, as other, otherness, other than whatever, lesser than whatever it might be. Like we're finding community in our common rejection. We're finding connection in that rejection. And I think that's the beauty of 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 this life and a reminder of of that we're we're not ever truly alone, right? And I think there's, that's just such a beautiful way to look at it is the the idea of even in the moments that feel like they are negative, right? A moment of rejection. There is somebody else out there sharing in a similar feeling, and you're never truly alone, right? There's always somebody else out there who can relate to your story, and I think that's the beauty of. This conversation as a whole, the, I think, meaning behind this podcast in general, right? For me starting it, wanting to find my tribe and having found it and now sort of using it as a vehicle to inspire people. And, and uh, I just think this journey that I've been on as a result of being authentic and expressing and being vulnerable about my rejections has given me everything I've ever hoped for in the form of feeling connected to others and a community and then being a part of a community that I wanted to be a part of for so long, right? Being able to feel like I have a place um, in my Latinness, right? Um, and, and in the Latin community as a, as a whole, that I have a, a, a seat there that is, is a designated for me, right? That only I could fill, right? And it's just as important as any other seat in that community. And I think there's a beauty in that. And I think, you know, if there's one other thing I could sort of reiterate 
about this this larger conversation. It's the idea that everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of your authenticity, right? When I got more vulnerable, when I was authentic about my experience and not feeling like I was embraced and feeling less than, as I've said a million times, that's when it was like the fucking floodgates just opened for me. This podcast became a thing. I started building community. I started harnessing my voice. I started becoming a representative of this community because I could speak from a certain vantage point and, and represented a certain part of this community, right? And I get to connect with other people now through things like the Just Be Social Club who have felt similarly, right? To myself it's just a beautiful sort of magical development of life that i could have never predicted that literally came from me no longer trying to please everybody but just trying to be true to myself and when i began to become you know true to myself and embrace myself and love myself for who i was the rest of the world began to treat me that same exact way. And I think, again, I think we are a mirror to the world outside, right? If we walk in confidence in our authenticity and, and own everything, the things that we're supposed to quote unquote be ashamed of, we own it as our truths. People can't use that against us. And they have no, no choice but to embrace us as we are. Doesn't mean they have to like us or agree with us, but they can't take anything away from us. We've owned that shame that they would try to hang over our heads. They no longer can, right? And I truly do believe that much of the substantial change that I've seen in my life has come from the self-love that developed from me being unafraid to be authentic and vulnerable about my experiences. And that just created confidence that then compounded, that then forced the other worlds, you know, the outside world, I should say, to treat me with that same level of respect that that I was giving myself, right? I was commanding respect and demanding respect um, both internally and then as a result, that sort of seeped out externally and others sort of had to fall in line accordingly, right? But again, it all started with me accepting myself and loving myself for my story and recognizing the power within it that then everybody else sort of fell in line at that point. And that's my sort of greatest piece of advice for anybody that's sort of struggling with their otherness is that when you begin to own it, you're going to see that others have no choice but to treat you differently or, or treat you how you treat yourself at the end of the day, right? They can't hang these things over your head uh, when it's no longer something that you're ashamed of. When you own it as your superpower, as a part of your story, they're only giving you a, a, a compliment at that point, right? They're only adding to your story right? if they try and... and uh, use these things against you, right? It just it doesn't have a, a that effect on you anymore because you've internally resolved those those struggles and recognize the power and beauty in those things because they make you you. They make you the unique individual that you are, the authentic individual that you are, and the beauty in that is you are never alone. No matter how much it seems like it, there are always going to be other people who can relate to all the trials and tribulations that you've gone through, right? Again, it's connection through that common rejection. Um, and I think there's something so beautiful within that.
With that said, thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode. Uh, JustBe.NYC. If you want to join the Just Be Social Club, you can apply. We have four spots left. Uh, this group offer uh, includes um, lifelong group mastermind uh, participation, as well as three months of one-on-one coaching weekly uh, on the four pillars of conscious living. You can apply for it now, JustBe.NYC. Head over to the Social Club tab, and you can check all that out. Book a free one-on-one with myself and my business partner, Brenda. We could walk you through it, see if you're a good fit. With that said, man, thank you all so much for tuning in. I'll catch you on Thursday for a brand new episode for our Thursday Trends. So then stay safe. Talk soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Between recording the next episode of my podcast, running a business, and all of the things life throws my way, sometimes it's good to just get away. Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis here. And let me tell you, I love booking a trip where I can escape. There's nothing like spending a few days at the beach, relaxing and spending time with family. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter your reasons, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes, y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. When something happens to your car, you might say... But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.